This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London Deadline Day podcast. And we're here, West London, because we thought West London is wonderful. A West London is wonderful. And seeing as there's a little bit of activity going on in and around our club, which is in West London, we thought we need to come back home to West London to check out what the runnings is, what the activity is, see what is going down. Or what they say, what guan? <laughs> what guan? What guan? That's right, what guan? You know what I'm saying? Let's see what's guan in West London. My name's Billy Grant, and I am back in the Cross Keys pub, one of our favourite pubs. Yeah, we, we do we do like it in here. It's nice. It's not not so busy tonight. It's not so busy tonight. But everyone's at home, huddled around the Sky LCD screens, watching. Jim White going crazy over the deadline day. Or illegal feeds elsewhere, or maybe they're just checking it on the BBC, or maybe they're, they're checking our Twitter, because we haven't tweeted anything about deadline day so far, because there's such little activity going on in the Brentford camp. But like I said to you, I'm, I'm Billy Grant, and I'm absolutely delighted to be back at the Cross Keys. Wicked little pub. As we always say to you, it's in Stamford Brook, in Hammersmith, just off Blackline Square, um, just down the road. As I've been reading up a few little books, and like I said to you, it's old Polydor, a record label is just down the road, used to be down the road from here as well. Um, Polydor, which is uh, one of the one of the top top you know major record labels was it was at the time before they got engulfed by Universal and now it's turned into as all these things do in London turn into flats not flats on the cottage but flats on the polydor as it is so that's just down the road from here as well but this is a little bit of useless information from yourself but anyway but I'm sitting around here with three of my mates um, three of my mates are sitting around here because we're going to be discussing the pod. The, the deadline day activity in and around Brentford. We'll be talking about what happened at Norwich at the weekend as well. We'll be talking about what's going down in Derby the next week. We're going to be having Chris from Steve Bloomer's Washing Podcast. He's going to be chatting to us as well. We're going to be talking about one of our new players coming in and we're going to go across the sea. We're going to go across the sea to Ireland to talk to the Limerick 
posse out there, the Blue Army, as they call themselves. They're going to be telling us a little bit about what's going down in Limerick and one of the new players that we've signed as well. This is Alison Limerick, is it not? Well, Playing in the is, background. It is, actually, because what I did is, as I was talking there, you saw me put some money into the jukebox. We're lovely. And I was just actually flicking through, and there you go, Alison Limerick there in the background, queued up perfectly. As you see, this podcast is well and truly synchronised. Anyway, which is good, like I said, I'm Billy Grant. And I'm enjoying myself now because it's only two hours to go and we haven't lost any players as yet. Not saying that we're not going to lose any players, but we haven't lost any players yet. So we're feeling a little bit more relaxed, aren't we? I think so. I think, um, I think Matt Benham's tweet a little bit earlier about the birds, you know, you ain't going nowhere. I think, I think that kind of put a lid on maybe what's going to happen in this window for Brentford. I, th- I know we've got Latte V-Bay, um, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm expecting... Pretty much, you know, the, we, a normal podcast now. You know, I don't, I don't think we're going to get hit with any sort of, ex, you know, ex, like exits going on now. So, um, yeah, it could, it could have been easy for him. He could have taken a big, a big, a big incoming paycheck, but he seems to have avoided that. Okay, we'll be talking about that later. Though, no exit, no Brexit, no B exit, as they call it as well. And that was Dave Lane. Dave Lane, how are you doing, Dave? Didn't even introduce yourself. How are you? No, I'm good. I'm very good, actually. Yeah, I'm, 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 I enjoyed. I, I like this pub a lot. It's um, it's very, very homely. Um, the people behind the bar are very friendly. The beer's good. The Kraken's good. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I think we've got three, three good people here tonight who are going to talk bees. Well, there's four good people. I mean, including oh, well. myself. But you forget about myself. But you know, so which is all good. There's four people around the table which are going to be talking about Brentford as well. And we've got the man Gaz Paul. He's back again. And um, Gaz, good to good to have you back in West London again. We're back at the Cross Keys. How you doing? Yeah, not doing too bad, Billy. Just you know, as I say, there've been two hours ago in the transfer market. Just been on Twitter. No reports of any shady characters in Birmingham City tracksuits with their shopping trolleys just having a wander around Griffin Park thankfully. Uh, which is all good I, I have to say Gary and I've just got to, to flag this up as well I mean we had you in a couple of weeks ago and to be fair to yourself as we were sitting around here a couple of pints of pride a couple of lagers were flying around and everything like that and yourself you were there with your um, Coca-Cola as it was and you said that I'm on a, on a, I'm on a dry January and we thought yeah right how long is it going to keep that up for but this is pretty much well this is the last day in January and you have actually tucked yourself right up haven't you? No definitely mate it's uh, to be honest it's been fairly easy not I say easy as anything to just go for I figured I'd do it as I did overindulge in December to be honest I probably drunk January and February's worth of alcohol in December so I figured I'd give it a go this year and, and to, to mention we're not going to because we, we're not allowed to talk about beer apparently according to some characters but we will talk about it for a little bit I mean normally we sit down there and we have a, a couple of little pints of normally we drink well I drink a bit of ale drink a bit of pride late drink, late drink pride sometimes we go for the old Christmas special or anything like that mm. but today we've gone a little bit early and we're drinking a little bit of rum got on the old Kraken today as well because we just feel that the transfer deadline day today maybe there might be a little bit of celebrating or maybe celebrating the fact that we haven't lost half our team so we're actually chasing it with a little bit of rum here. But you're a bit of a rum man yourself. Are you feeling a bit jealous? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I've been known to, as again, as I have been known to dabble in the Kraken from time to time. And, well, a bit too often, to be honest. 
Dabbling the Kraken. Dabbling the Kraken. It reminds me of a YouTube video that Anyway, I so we're talking about that. We shall move especially on. We've got our fourth member here who's actually who's come all the way down from the West Country. We've got Liberal Nick and oh, oh Jesus Christ, hold on a minute. Liberal Nick he, he's he's gone. Oh, oh, he was here a minute. Oh, ah, there's a note actually been left on the table. I've I've been transferred. He goes there's a transfer request have come in and I'm left. He goes, hold on a second, I've been transferred to Davo's Diaries, the Birmingham video broadcast, um, for an undisclosed fee. What's that all about? I, well, I, I don't know. That's a polite way of putting an undisclosed fee. I, you know, I was party to the negotiations. His, his contract was terminated by mutual agreement. It was. Ter- <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to put a lot right, of value. It wasn't that mutual, actually. It wasn't it? I mean, for me, I mean, I'm going to put back up with liberal Nick actually because I'm, you know, brought him into the into the frame yeah, here yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know spotted him by statistics. You know, he was um, he was playing you know over there in real Exitorian, something like that, which is down in the west coast somewhere like that. We brought him in. You know, no one else knew about him and everything like that. And all of a sudden, you know, we've put him out there, we've given him the profile, well, and now be, he's yeah. been picked up by someone else. The XBS stats were X, XBS stats were very impressive. Indeed. So anyway, he's gone over to Birmingham City, which is Davo, who's a. I mean, I thought Davo's a good mate of mine, but actually, he's 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 ended up sort of kind of he's done pilfering. Um, well, pilfering, yeah, skullduggery. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure those two are going to make a good team. If I'm honest with you. Okay. Well, we'll see how it goes. You know. But anyway, to be fair, there's a lot of. Um, to be honest, like the the accents, you've got a broad brum and posh. It's, 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 a, it's a very strange mixture. It's going to be a strange mixture anyway. But to be fair, um, from what I can gather as well, they've the, the put in some healthy add-ons as well for, for this deal. Is that right? Add-ons? Yeah, some healthy add-ons and also a, a buyback clause. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> How much would you want to buy him back for? Well, you tell, me, you tell me. Well, well, I can't. I can't. It's not a lot, is it? Not really. We say we normally say forty-seven percent. So, like forty-seven quid. Forty-seven quid. To be fair, actually, to be, it's always a gamble. You know, if he actually picks up again, forty-seven quid at the end of the season, or even before the end of the season, we can have Liberal Nick back on this podcast. But like I said, transfer deadline day at the moment. Now, the Liberal Nick has gone. Davos Diaries has got him. So uh, we'll see how he fares maybe, over there. Maybe crowdfunding is the answer to this. Well, we might have to get onto that in a minute. But listen, let's move on because we have got lots to talk about. Today. It's transfer deadline day. But also looking forward to Saturday, we're playing Derby. And as we know, Derby's an away day. Our Spies fans, we always love our away days. We have laughs, we go out, we, we go to the pubs locally, we speak to the locals. We also try and find places to go, touristy places to go in the city that we are, or the town that we're actually going to. So Saturday we're going to Derby, and the, the Besotted crew here and other people, we thought that we need to give you the alternative Besotted touristic information for Derby, so that if you go into the game... Kickoffs at three o'clock, but there's plenty of things to do in Derby before three o'clock. So me and my spas around here are actually uh, been discussing and looking at places to go. And Laney, I know you've been very excited about what you're going to be doing before you get the Derby game on Saturday. Well, it's pretty, it's, it's like a home from home for me, to be honest with you, Bill. It's um, you know, there's only one in Derby apart from going to see Brentford play. There's only one place for me to spend my time, and um, luckily it's open from nine o'clock in the morning. It's um Lane's Garden Centre. It's it's more than a garden centre, to be honest with you. It's like a it's a garden centre with a twist. It's a garden centre with a twist. So it's it's an open farm as well, Bill. So um, there's donkeys, and if you're ever going to go to an open farm, you want to go in lambing season, and lambing season's right now. 
Um, and you know, this isn't me that's just saying this. This is other people. This is the British public. And you know what? When British public they have their say, they they when democracy has its say, it needs to be implemented, Bill. Yes. But these these are reviews that need a mention. So there's the, you can feed the animals at Lane's Lane's Open Park. You can there's an owl experience. Yes. Um, it's guinea pigs, um, and there's amazing cakes to be had there. Um, so yeah, so the kids love it. It's a, it's a great place to visit with children. Um, but basically, you need to remember it's a garden centre with a twist. Oh, it's got a, twist. a twist. That's amazing. I mean, I've not been to too many garden centres with a twist. No, no, there's a lot of garden centres out there, but very few have a twist. Okay, well, this is good. Well, listen, listen, look forward to it. And what happens is because I'm going to be doing something as well, but hopefully, if I get a bit of time, I might come down to your garden centre with you a bit later. Yeah, so it's near Meadow Farm, Briston Lane, Derby. Excellent. All right, okay. We'll, we'll put that up and put a little bit of information up for people to know exactly what we're talking about. Gaz, I know that you're very excited about where you're going to be going to before the match on Saturday. Yeah, I think I might pop along to Derby Arena because they have... I can go there and experience the excitement and thrill of Cyclone 24. What exactly is Cyclone 24? Um, well, they've on the, in the velodrome track they've got in there, um, you can go along... They said the track has already been ridden by some of the world's top cyclists. So Bradley Wiggins, Dame Sarah Storey, Mark Cavendish and Ed Clancy. So I will be popping along there to watch them go round and round and round. And are they racing on Saturday morning? No, it's actually for charity. So um, you can pop along. Apparently you need a team of six. Um, the, since good, the goodies been round there. The goodies been round there on their, on, their, on their tricycle thing. I imagine they have, to be honest. Okay. You know, I mean, obviously they've not made the, they've not made the list, okay. but that's how I'm going to go along. I need six people to go along, and I've only got like, three, fr- two the, friends. There's, at the a, there's a few more on the train, and we can all we'll come. We'll, 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 maybe we'll come with you. It depends on timing. I'm, I'm at the farm, mate. I'm at the farm. Okay, which sounds which sounds which, like, tell you something. That gas sounds all good as well. And for myself, of course, you know, like me, I like a little bit of um, well, I like a little bit of authority. I like to make sure that you know I've seen what's going on security-wise and and the people who are protecting themselves in the country. And what I found out was very very excited that I'm going to be going to the Derby Police Museum. So excited to be going to the Derby Police Museum. It's in um, where is it? It's in it, it's in Agar. Street, I think it is an Agard Street, yeah. and if you look at those photographs, I mean, we post them up maybe on Twitter. It's absolutely bizarre, you know. And it's also what's made me most excited about this is the fact that people are so excited about going there. I mean, the views of things like brilliant. This this museum is actually inside the Derby Jail Museum, so there's two in one. So you can go to the Derby Police Museum and the Derby Jail Museum at the same time. Being a retired police officer, I found this very interesting. It's full of information about policing in days go by. Um, it's two rooms of Derbyshire history, um, and then. And plus lots of cells to visit and a room of the first known police ID photographs. So for me, like I said to you, the Derby Police Museum is which I will be there because, as you know, I, this is just that's what I do. Oh, you love you love a bit of justice, Bill, don't you? I do, I mean, I love justice anyway. Like, you know, so we'll move on. So look, we're going to post this all up. Really, really fantastic things for you to do in Derby. We were considering, actually, you know, we were looking at things to do in Derby. We were actually looking at Nottingham because we didn't think there was anything to do in Derby. But we've actually changed our minds, haven't we? Yeah, I think, I think Manners, I think, is... Uh, I, know, I know that Liberal, before he was transferred, he was looking to go to the Argy Museum. That's right. There's an Argy Museum down in, uh, down in the heart of Derby. And, uh, but, he's, but I don't care what he thinks anymore. No, indeed, it doesn't matter because he's now Birmingham with Davo. It's, and they their, can, it's their problem. They can do exactly what they want up there. But anyway, listen, <laughs> let's go back to Saturday. Saturday wasn't the best day for Brentford. We came against the Norwich team, a dogged 
Norwich team, as they would say. They scored a very, very good goal in five minutes, which really annoyed us because then we had the player who scored a goal. He kind of annoyed the fans behind the goal after he scored the goal. And then they went on to defend very, 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 very well, to be very honest with you. Very, very annoying. So what we'll do is we'll go back to the pubs, listen to what the fans had to say in the pub after the game when we played Norwich City. I thought, uh, I mean, Madison, who scored their goal, is a good player. Reminds me a lot of uh, Kearney, but with a really bad haircut. Uh, and the goal he scored was superb, and they had another really good chance from Oliveira in the first half to hit the post. Uh, but, you know, they, they were kind of on top of us, and they were taking the game to us, and they did look the better team in the first half. Second half, once we made the changes, around 58 minutes, uh, we brought... What changes were that? We brought on Canos and Judge and uh, they made a, a big difference and uh, we, we suddenly went at them they started to look really dodgy at the back and I mean it was a good half an hour 35 minutes of bees pressure uh, we had a few good chances not as many as I'd like uh, but you know we, we took it to them and we did, we did alright then and I think Probably overall a draw would have been nice, but we never, we never quite broke it down. I think it was one of those games we didn't deserve to lose, nor did we deserve to win. Uh, a one-all draw would have probably been a fairer result. Uh, good to see the impact that our subs made on, all three of the subs that came on, judging Marcondes and etc. All made, all made us look better. It was interesting that when Makocho went off, Wood seemed to be, come into his own more in midfield. Whether the two of them were sort of getting each other's way beforehand, um, I don't know. But uh, that, that was an interesting change for me. I thought disappointing, disappointing to lose our unbeaten record here at Griffin Park. This has become our fortress. Um, obviously, perhaps a bit of dose of reality today as well. I think we missed Fibay today, that's for sure. Uh, didn't really work for Malpay at all. Nothing snuck. Um, didn't seem to know where he was playing again. I think Fibay gives us a bit more and the lack of options are worrying and you look on the bench we've got some great people up front but there's no real out and out strikers up there Watkins did a few things when he came on and went into that position but I don't think the formation really allows ourselves playing off a big guy knocking the ball back we didn't pick up any of the second balls as they were knocked back other than one that Canos blazed over at the end so lots of possession lots of huff and puff but we still need that little bit of creation that probably Sawyers gives us uh, and Vibay sometimes gives us despite the frustrations And your lads are good you can see where you're up above us, you know, there's no doubt about it. We parked four buses, <laughs> didn't look like scoring the second half. Good first half, thought it was good first half. On the break, could have got a goal. Second half, further back, further back, further back, further back. Didn't deserve to win 1-0, no way, should have scored. But why didn't you attack our right back, who's not a right back, when Canos came on, you should have, should have, should have attacked Harrison Reed. We had no right back, Agus of space, didn't, didn't have a go in. Everything is down your other side. Against a team and another striker, if baby Vibra was playing today, we can't hold out like that for an hour. Well, we did, but you shouldn't hold out for an hour. Wave after wave after wave attack. It was like training ground, attack against defence, all it was today. And they held out, maybe had nothing up front, I don't know. Sometimes maybe you want to put Kalos in the middle a little bit sometimes and, 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 and just move it a little bit more than just leaving Kalos out on the right. And, and um, yeah, it's just a shame. Yeah, it's, it's happened today. Like, didn't deserve to lose, but probably didn't deserve to win. Is that about to sum it up? Yeah, sums it up pretty much in one sentence. Um, 
we had a lot of possession, we had a lot of shots, we we had chances, more chances in the first half that probably clear cut chances, not eh? really, no. I thought um Gun Gun the their goalie is is pretty good actually. We it, it would have taken something really special to beat him. We got done. We got done by gun. Uh, gun. Bang bang. Um, um I was just really disappointed it's probably been said before, really disappointed by Morpay, really disappointed with McEachran. Those two really, I don't think, warranted a start next week. Um, I think we're going to see inevitably more changes next week. And But, you know, fair play to Smith. He's given the team that have been on this really good long run, um, that, you know, their props and their chances. Um, I, think we, I think we do need to see some changes now. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you need to lose to regroup and go again. And I thought there was something a bit inevitable about today. Regroup, go to Derby and uh, give it to them. Norwich came, they parked the bus in the second half, but they did very well, defended like lions, as they would say. If Brentford team had defended like that, we'd be absolutely delighted. We'd like to nick a goal and defend like that. I mean, there's been a few games where uh, teams have gone ahead and then they've had to defend. I remember when we went to England play Argentina in Sapporo 2002. And we scored a goal, I think, fairly early on. I think it was Beckham scored a penalty. And then for the rest of the game, we literally just defended it for like our lives and we beat them 1-0. And that was a brilliant, brilliant feeling. So I can imagine how delighted the Norwich fans were feeling after that game to see us completely and utterly camped in their half for the second half and they still didn't concede a goal. And some of them said that we felt actually a little bit comfortable because even though Brentford had a lot of possession, they didn't think that we were incisive enough they didn't think that we were doing enough with the ball to actually get them scared whether or not that's true or not because I believe that if we had got one goal things would have been changed and the dominoes would have come down and Norwich would have been in trouble but they got away with it pretty much like Derby got away with it so I mean there's a couple of talking points from that one interestingly if you listen to Dean Smith's comments after the game immediately he just came up with the fact that he felt that Malpay the Brentford striker who came on um, V-Bay's Looks like he's going, so Malpe came in his place and he felt that he didn't get enough support from the fans and especially after he was ill, which we didn't know about. Um, interesting that because, again, from where I stood, I didn't hear any fans actually uh, coating Malpe off like that, did you? Not at all. Um, uh, you know, maybe you should have said fans that I could hear um, because there was not, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't sort of. I didn't hear any booing. I didn't hear. I didn't hear anything that wasn't kind of just normal. If, if a player's not been well during the week and he's not match fit, then surely he shouldn't play. You know, if if, he, if he's weak and he's kind of been ill for whatever reason and he's not going to be able to give his best, I think it's just a little bit unfair to expect anyone to buy into that or know about it unless you tell them about it. If I'm being honest. Um, and I, I, just, I just think it was just a little bit unfair um, to, to, to ball the fans out because I, I, I don't where I was I didn't I didn't hear I mean I, I heard people saying around me he's having a not he's not having a good game but they weren't they weren't screaming at him so you know to talk amongst yourselves is one thing it was clear he was struggling and if he wasn't match fit he shouldn't have played and if we haven't got a, a squad that's strong enough to, to to have a, a another another sort of attacker to, to deputise for Vibay if if you know if no one else is you know if someone else is ill then you know uh, we need to address that it's, it's not the fans' fault. 
Yeah, I, I think in his defence, there's there always the grid. You're going to be ill, and it will affect your performance. But you you're always going to feel that you can do a job, That's, unless you're very 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 ill. Um, on the point about the fans getting on his back, I did hear some fans getting on his back, and I do think I there is part of me that agrees with Dean Smith and thinks that we should be supporting a bit more than we do. Okay, okay. so so you heard them getting on your. But is that like in your earshot, or was that big loud boos that he would the player would hear? I think there were. I I have heard comments and have heard a lot of people saying he's useless. Why is he in? X should be playing. Well, you know. That, again, I was hearing people asking, "Oh, where's Shaibu? Why isn't he playing?" And again, now again, is that something that's within your earshot? Is that or is that audible enough, loudly enough that the player would hear it? If it's someone that's next to you saying X is not having a good game. I think that is well within their rights to say that. Someone that's screaming abuse at someone who's trying their hardest, I say that's out of bounds. Or someone that's booing someone that's being substituted, I'd say that's that's wrong. But if someone's saying in your lug hole, so-and-so, X, Y, Z is having a very bad game, whether it's the goalie, whether it's the striker, whether it's the left-back, whether it's the midfielder, I'd, I'd say that they were in their rights to say that within earshot but not loudly enough that it actually could affect them long term no I, I would say I, I'd imagine that especially the season he's kind of had where he's scored what six league goals people are expecting more from him people are probably expecting one in two one in three and they're getting one in four straight one in five out of him so people as a striker people are always if you're either scoring goals or you're not and you know, I could hear people were getting on his back. Uh, to be honest, though, when he did go off, I did think that there was a problem. I think I realised, you know, it wasn't a case of him not trying. It just wasn't his day, and he wasn't the only one on Saturday. And, and I'm going to say to you, it's interesting. Because I said we didn't. I didn't hear anything from where we are. We stand the Ealing Road, you were and the Braemar Road, and sort of the paddock area as well. So again, I don't know because I wasn't there, so I don't know. So maybe there's a different dynamic as to what happens in the round there happens in different parts of the ground also interestingly because Dean Smith is in the new road as well so Dean Smith will be reacting pretty much to what he hears around him you know what I'm saying and what may be happening around him may be, may be different in different parts of the ground and what he may think may be reflected you know in the whole of the ground what he happens you know in, in, in his area isn't that right? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and it's you, you, you can only really hear what's going on within 30, 40 foot of you, really. You know, the, the, the acoustics in that stadium sometimes are a bit odd. Um, but, you know, I, I, thought, I thought the atmosphere was a bit subdued on, on, on Saturday. I don't, I, but I think, I think a lot of people came ex, not expecting but hoping that we would continue to run. But, you know, it, it, it was going to run out eventually, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think it was subdued because, number one, Norwich scored early. And number two, we looked a bit out of sorts. They probably turned up, saw Vibe wasn't playing, feared the worst because there have been rumours flying around. Then five minutes in, where um, we concede a goal. And then we're seeing passes, which are not... We just didn't look as crisp as we had done in recent games. Talking about scoring an early goal, um, Madison... Uh, Norwich striker has got a lot of hype around him. 
Like a lot of our players have had the hype around them. Uh, Madison is one of the players who I think was in the Guardian top eight or top ten players that Premier League should sign alongside Ollie Watkins and Madison a lot of hype around him I think the figure that's been banded around him is something like 15 or 18 million pounds or something ridiculous and you could see that he was definitely knowing that he was a 15 or 18 million pound rated player because when he scored his goal he scored the goal and then he did his slide towards the new road he'd give the old gesticulations towards the new road and then he turned around and he was pointing at his shirt behind his back and he was turning around and gesticulating more and pointing at his shirt and giving it the large and there was um, to be fair the, the new road I'm um, not sorry the new road the Ealing road it was who did it towards the Ealing road the Ealing road fans actually they kind of picked themselves up after that and after that every time Madison came down the Ealing road he did get um, some, some manner of abuse didn't he he get a lot he did get a lot of abuse yeah uh, he didn't really need to it's a hard one you know he scored a really good goal he slid towards the the you know the home fans, and then he kind of started putting his collar up and pointing to the letters on his back. He didn't really need to do that. The goal was class enough, to be honest. I think to do what he did, it, it, I think it took a little bit of the quality away from what he'd actually just achieved. I think if he, if you know, yeah, obviously celebrate, do your slide, do what you want, go and celebrate with your your own fans. Don't necessarily antagonise the home fans. You know, there was a lot of Norwich fans that had turned up that day. Just scream down the other end and do the knees to them. You know, celebrate, celebrate with the, you know your own supporters. I don't. I think to actually, I think it tainted the goal. The goal was quality. His class. The player's obviously really, really good. I think he just mugged himself off a bit there. I'm being a devil's advocate here, as I sometimes like to do. If uh, if a Brentford player had scored a goal like that, and uh, he, he did that against, I don't know, Birmingham City or something like that. Um, and then he decided to just, you know, make a, you know, just celebrate at the, at the home fans' end. Would you go, you know, that's a bit naughty, but would you just sort of nod your head? Would you have the same sort of feeling? I would just really hope, to be honest, in the first five minutes of a game where we, we hadn't given him any grief whatsoever. You know, the, uh, in the second half, maybe you could say, oh, I, you know, they gave me a load of grief and this was, you know, this was just like to answer them back but it was like the first couple of minutes of the game no one had given him any grief so I'd actually say yeah if it was a Brentford player I would actually probably say they again it was just unnecessary it was unnecessary all round and uh, you know in the heat of the battle you do some strange things but if Morpé had done it at at QPR I guess it I won't be a hypocrite it probably would have been quite funny but not maybe not in the first five minutes but if he wait till you get the grief and you've got to answer someone back because of it it was um 70 minutes okay there was a 70 70 minutes 70 percent possession plus or something like that with Brentford we um we had a lot of that game you know they got into the game but they seemed to be quite happy to sit back and let us at them and then they'll probably hit us on the break because that's the way that they wanted to play their game. They weren't as fluent or they weren't as incisive as they were back in the day. You know, when we played them, we thought, oh my God, that Norwich team are properly on, on, on point. But obviously, Fark's trying to set them up in a particular way and he got away with it this game. Now, it's this old parking the bus scenario where we've had teams that have come down there and they've managed to basically pack out the defence, pack out the midfield, which makes it very hard for us to get through. This game, in principle, if we had scored a goal, we could, we could have had a hatful. And what I'm asking you is that... Um, How many? Well, a hatful. A hatful, yeah. yeah. A 
hats. Um, what is what is the issue with us? Why were we unable to get through the Norwich defence, which they weren't impenetrable. They were throwing their bodies at us to make sure that we actually, you know, didn't score the goal. But, I mean, I thought that, you know, any moment, even Dean Smith said it, he goes, any other game we probably could have had this one, but it didn't quite happen. Yeah, I said, you know, I said earlier on, we were just slightly off. You noticed early on, passes were, you know, maybe half a yard to the right or to the left of where they were supposed to go, a couple over hit long balls and when you're not on it you're not on it and as you said on another day if we were like Chris like we have been in other games we would have gone and we would have created more chance and we would have scored but it was just a struggle to get through them unfortunately that's football but you say that I mean I mean some people are saying we missed Lasse Vibe was it as simple as missing Lasse Vibe no but I think that Sawyers may have had a may have been able to unlock them um, again we've obviously said that Malpay was playing and he wasn't you know he had been ill um, so rather than missing Bieber maybe 100% fit Malpay may have done better but I do think that the um, Sawyer's missing was probably a bigger effect on the result um, I also I think as well once you once you're I think I think to, to, in Dean Smith's credit, he he given the team this like you know the winning team, the team that had sort of come through Christmas, and apart from the Wolves defeat, it looked pretty good. You know, I, 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 let's forget about the Notts County Cup game. So we'd 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 played really well. We'd we'd had some really good form. Smith had given his kind of his trust in that team. But the minute I think you start having to change um, the the formation, the, the, when, the minute you start changing that winning team, Vive dropping out, he probably should have made maybe made one or two other changes. And you know, if you got if you got like if you got Judge Condes and Canos on the bench, I, I, I don't I, you can't have all three of those on the bench. There, there, there's too much attacking talent there, and it. it by Vibe not being there and Sawyer's not being there, that should have given him license to make a, probably a, a bit more change. And you know, we are an attack-minded team. There's no reason why we shouldn't have gone properly for it. You know, we 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 got the talent there. We've got even more now. Well, interestingly, there's a lot of fans said that they thought that we set ourselves up wrong in the beginning. We were too negative, and also when we brought on Canos and Alan Judge in the second half. It changed the game for us, and that's when you know Norwich were pinned back in their half, and uh, maybe that's what we start off. It's easy to say that as an afterthought, but also we have to also remember the fact is that Norwich did score a wonder goal after five minutes. Okay, they did hit the post after that with Oliveira, but other than that, they kind of didn't really, you know, they got the chances, but not really. And the fact is that Brentford normally kind of try and hold themselves out to make sure they're not behind after half time, then they take it up a gear, and that's the plan. And but this time it didn't work. We were on the back foot from the fifth minute. So is it easy to say in, 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 in hindsight that we did the wrong thing, whereas beforehand, um, if we'd done that a month ago, everyone would have said that was tactical genius? See, it's like, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. And I, but, you know, I, I just think he, he had backed the team that had like, given him a brilliant Christmas and, a, and a, you know, a really good couple of early, early New Year results. And you, you can't blame him for that. The, t- the two changes were like pretty enforced. 
you've got you got uh, you got Sawyer's that was ill, and you've got Vibay that you know obviously had other other thoughts on his mind. So, but I really thought that was the excuse to get then you know give Marcondes his home debut from the start in the league. You know, give Alan Judge proper time, not the last sort of half an hour. And you know, what, why Canos is more than a bench player for Brentford? Let's be honest with you. And I thought, you know, I think Flojo has had a really good run in the team. Um, I think he's 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 got a great shot on him, but I, I think he he probably needs he probably needs a game or two's rest. I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't I think he needs to beat someone I think you know he's, he's great he's, he's kind of he gets a lot I've said this before he gets a lot of ball time but he doesn't always do a lot with it yeah the only thing is I thought Joseph Zoom was one of our better players on, on Saturday yeah no, I, don't, I don't disagree with that I, you know I've got nothing nothing negative to say about him but I just think a rest a game rest when you put one of the others in to see what they do you know you've, you've got to look at we've got you know we've got we've got you know we've got um, jo- we've got Joseph Zoom we've got we've got Canos we've got um, help me out here we've got um, Marcondes and we've got Judge all of them need game time and it's not to say Flo Joe's having an awful time it's just like I think we need to rotate a little bit more listen right listen Norwich frustrating but to be fair also We've been in a wicked run, you know. Three, three. We'd won, you know. Lost three out of twenty-one. Norwich came along, and you know, listen, we we, we we go on, and these things happen. If you look at all the other teams, they've had blips like what we've done. They've lost to some teams that they should never have lost to. What's more important is that we actually pick ourselves up and get back from that. And I think this whole V-Bay jigsaw scenario, who who actually fills the V-Bay boots, is the big question at the moment now. I have to also say though, this one defeat seems to have triggered. A handful of people into some awful backlash. Again, but you say is the backlash. I mean, what you're talking about exactly? Just it was we, we all well <laughs> exactly is like we seem to be always one or two defeats away from certain people being in meltdown. You know, people were you know almost calling the manager to be sacked and you know saying same old same old Brentford. You know, all that possession, no no end products, and you, you think well, you know this this has got us from relegation zone to edge of the playoffs you know we're, we're not doing a huge amount wrong surely what well, I mean I know what I will say to that as well is sometimes you know when you social media you know gets gets lots of information out there and sometimes you just need to you know just maybe just let it pass you by um, at the end of the day everyone's entitled to their opinion which is fair enough the one point that I would say is that you know a couple of the faces that you're talking about were saying that are people who have actually said nothing for probably about the last six or seven months. They've been completely quiet, especially through the run. We've had the run where we lost three out of 21. We've done really well. We've come out. Some players have done fantastically who've probably been slagged off months beforehand and now they're actually doing really well and they've been completely quiet. But the one opportunity where we have lost, they've used that opportunity to actually start saying particular things, which they're all in their right to do it, but it's all a little bit strange because it's kind of like, you know, two months ago or six weeks ago, 
why didn't you praise what was going on as well? Why is it always you, you speak when there's negative? You know, you've got to, as you know, if you're a teacher, you're going out there, if you've got a pupil, you praise them and you give good praise, but at the same time, you're also critical when they don't do the right things. And that gives a sort of balanced opinion. But if you're sitting down there and you're a pupil, and at the whole time when they're doing something that's really well, you say nothing, but then the one thing that they do that's wrong, you slag them off, that pupil is going to be like, what's going on here? Why are you only picking on my bad side? So at the end of the day, you've got to be balanced about you go about it. And some people... To be fair, maybe there's an agenda when they want to go out there where, they, as we say, some people want Brentford to fail to, to prove the point that they've always said all along that things aren't right as to what they are. But listen, we're going to get off the old soapbox. People have their own opinions. They can say what they want to do. We're saying what we can say. Yeah, we've got the microphone. If anybody else has disagrees with us we've said it every single week you are welcome to come on this podcast you'll come down the pub here we will buy you some beer or some rum or whatever you want to drink you can sit down here you can say whatever you want to and we will sit down and have a conversation which is over 140 or now 280 characters which means that you'll have to actually carry on a conversation for a period of time but anyway we shall move on because it's transfer deadline day and that means some players might leave which means that that may cause a reaction amongst the fans. But fingers crossed, it may not be as bad as other years. We're going to come back after this little twang. Transfer deadline day is upon us. And by the time you listen to this, transfer deadline day will be over. But we're still sitting here in the middle. We're still waiting for the, the, the teleprinter to be going. The teleprinter's going behind us. And it's, it's going very slowly, actually. It's a bit rubbish, the old teleprinter, because there's not that much happening on the transfer deadline day today. But as we say, you know, for the de- de- transfer deadline day, it depends on what is, is going down with your team, and especially with Brentford, as to what we're going to end up at the end of the season. And talking about the end of the season, we've actually got our besotted end of season bees up we've got a big big name a wicked big name which we're not going to announce as yet give us a, a few more weeks before we announce that but tickets have gone on sale um, for the besotted end of season bees up in Ealing last season it was wicked we had magician we had we had a comedian we had a DJ we had loads of players we had loads of laughs it went on to two in the morning beer food all sorts of stuff and um, we're going to go for something similar like that we're still putting the programme together but Friday the 4th of May bank holiday Friday so like I said you get in there early some people might be going away but it's a Friday, so maybe you want to go away on the Saturday. You've got a game on the Sunday, the 6th of May. Get in there. Friday the 4th of May is going to be wicked. It's going to be healing. If you go into besotted.com, you can get older tickets. Just go up to social. You click on there, you get the tickets. You'll see a little social badge on the website, besotted.com. Besotted.com. You can go there and you can get it as well. And we put super early bird tickets on sale a few days ago on Saturday. I think it was Saturday morning. And they went, they went, they literally went within 24 hours. Super early bird tickets. Bam. They were gone. So they've gone and they've finished. So now we've got our early bird tickets on sale and you can go on there. And it's going to be a really, really good night. Fantastic. Trust me, you won't be let down. But just coming back to transfer deadline day. Normally, this is a bad faith for Beast because we're always very nervous. Or so this little period is quite bad for us. But to me, I don't feel as nervous as I've had done before. And I don't know whether or not we're just getting used to it. We're getting used to the fact that people come and plunder us in the window or the fact that, to be quite honest with you, there hasn't been that much activity. At the moment now, there's one player who's been talked about and it's not like we have not been seeing it coming. Lasse Vibe was meant to go in the summer. He talked with a Chinese club in the summer, which we talked about on our podcast. And if you go back to our podcast, we talked all about it, where he was going to. It is a Super League club or the top of the league club, you know, first division in China. Talked with them. Very good money for the Brentford. Very good money for Lasse Vibe. Fell apart because um, the transfer window shut early in China and the deal didn't go through. 
this Chinese club disappeared, but now they're back on the horizon. And they're talking to Lasse Vibe, from what we can understand, our Chinese sources, Chinese Gary's giving us all the information we need. Very, very, very reliable. And he's chatting to them, um, a Chinese Super League team, and it's happening. It's happening, it's out there, top of the league, Chinese Super League team, and Lasse Vibe is chatting to him. Laney, like I said to you, we've been talking about this for quite a long time now, and it's inevitable. So surely Brentford should have been preparing themselves for Lasse Vibe leaving. Yeah, they should do. <clears throat> and what I have to say is, thank God, thank Godness that the, the the valuations of our players and what we hold out for our players now has changed immeasurably from what it was 10 years ago. What, from the DJ Campbell days? <clears throat> yeah, no, from DJ Campbell days. Because, although it's bad at the moment, every time a transfer window comes around, we're like sitting there like braced, waiting for disaster to happen. The last one, three players left on deadline day to go to Birmingham. But if our valuations, if, 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 the, if their worth hadn't been achieved, we, we would be looking at like 12 players going every window now because the players that we've got at our club now are of the stature and magnitude and excitement that every, every other club in our, in our league wants them. But the better ones, the, the, obviously the Premier League wants them. So, but they're being put off now because we place a value on those players and we actually hold out for them. So, for, exa- for example, <clears throat> you know, maybe, maybe the Bournemouth-Mepham thing would have happened five years ago, but it won't happen now because we, we're confident that he's going to be worth triple what, what someone else may bid for him. With V-Bay, it's inevitable. You know, he, he was out of contract at the end of this season. We knew that. Um, we, we've said before that, you know, he, he's, he's, his profile at the moment is that he's, he's reached an age where we wouldn't sign him. Um, he's he's um, at a, a contract stage where he's going to run out. So we either take something for him or we lose him at the end of the season. What is he worth to us at the moment? Well, that depends on what the what the transfer what the transfer deal is, and and and, and how valuable he is for our our playoff push. I, I it's a tipping it's a tipping point for me. I, I can see it both ways. I can see why you would want to sell him. I also would see why you want to keep him. You know, stats speak for themselves. He, he could score the goals that gets into the playoffs, but then again, you know, he's, he's always one match away from injury still. So I, I, I get I get the conundrum. I mean, I'll I, I correct you slightly there as well, Dave, because I think that you're saying that he's at age that we wouldn't sign him. Um, I probably don't think that's fair because I think that at the end of the day, Brentford will always offer a player a contract. It depends on whether or not it's a contract which they feel is right for them. Also, probably the scenario is that, let's say, Vibe is 31 years old now and he thinks that I can get one last big deal. He's been talking about going to China three times now. Before he came to Brentford, he, were, he, was, he almost had a deal at China. He decided to turn it down to come to Brentford. Then last summer as well he was going to go to China for big money again and he didn't do as well so this is the third time and maybe he thinks tell you something instead of taking the money which is pretty good at Brentford which they've offered me a deal for instead I'm going to go for the Chinese deal because it's the last time I'm going to get a big payoff so we but Brentford don't sign 31 year old players you never know they might have offered him a one year contract as opposed to him getting a no no a, what a, I meant what I meant was Brentford don't, yeah if, if, he's, if he's an existing player they might extend it but Brentford don't sign 31 year old players like from outside the club unless you're Javi Venter 
Yeah, no, no, any, any, any more. No, any more. You know, can we, can we, we can play the semantics, and we can be, but, you know, but Brim, Brim, the, 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 the model, the signing model fits within certain criteria. Being 31 doesn't fit into that criteria. So that we, I stand by that. We wouldn't sign him now. We wouldn't sign him now, but it doesn't mean that we wouldn't have extended an extra deal. Is what I'm trying to say to you. Yeah, no, but, but, you know, you're, you're, no, that's not what I said. No, that's not what I, you know. That's not what I meant. No, no, but I don't actually. We could try, try and explain because what I'm trying to no, say no. to you is. So if okay, if he was playing for if he was playing for Limerick now and he was 31 years old, we we, we wouldn't sign him. No, we wouldn't sign him. No, no. that's why. That's, that's exactly what I meant. Okay, but but we so you would. Agree, yeah, you agree with me? No, I agree. We wouldn't sign him from Limerick, but if he's playing for Brentford, we'd say we'd like you to stay for an no, extra no, no, year. No, no. For we, we, we would have already signed him if he was playing for Brentford. We would have already signed him, and that would have happened before he was thirty-one. So, thank you for proving my point. I, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm still trying to say to you no, is no, that signing and re-signing are two different things. Yes, but it is. But okay, but it doesn't mean that we can't resign him because at the end of the day, he's made the, he's taken the option rather than to take the deal from Brentford, which may give him ten grand or twelve grand or eight grand a week. He'd rather take forty grand a week from China. That's not what I'm saying. No, you, you, maybe we ought to move on before you um, humiliate yourself. A little I'm bit. not going to humiliate myself at all. But what I'm trying to say to you is that in principle, Lasso Vibe could have stayed at Brentford because he had the choice to take the eight or ten or twelve or six grand that we were offering him, as opposed to the fifty grand that the Chinese were offering him. And uh, uh, again, we're still sitting down there debating as to whether or not he'll take one or the other. But I think we probably know which one he's going to take. But let's move on because we have also news about a player who is very young who's played probably about a dozen games for Brentford. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago before anyone else was talking about on the Besotted Pride of West London podcast when we heard that um, Eddie Howe was down there. We said if Eddie Howe had any sense, he wouldn't be looking at Ollie Watkins, he wouldn't be looking at anybody else, but he'd be looking at Chris Meppham because Chris Meppham is the up-and-coming player that no one knows about, and that's the kind of player that Brentford scouts. It was actually the Allard that came up with that little theory and he said to me, two weeks ago, this is the one. And interestingly, two weeks later, it finds out that Eddie Howe is actually after Chris Meppham as opposed to Ollie Watkins or anybody else. And he put in a bid for him, which, again, Sky have said it's about £7 million. Verde is even more than that, probably about £8 million or something like that. On the grapevine is what we're saying. And, um, it wasn't on the grapevine. No, it wasn't. It wasn't on the ground. It wasn't. I mean, that was banana last week. But I mean, I don't know what banana's going on about. But um, it wasn't. It's about eight million. But we've turned it down, which is an interesting thing. And we're looking at. About, I'm not going to say double that, but we're looking at more, much, much, much more than eight million pounds for Chris Meppen. You know, we're talking about. I don't know how many is it. Five figures. You know, when you go into sort of like yeah, that. Yeah, some seventy-four percent. Seventy-four percent more than uh, eight million pounds is what we're going to go for for him. Which is, and this is this is the honest truth. And the thing about it is, it was quite interesting because you've got two conversations here now because you've got a scenario where lots of people were very upset saying we've got no ambition we're selling VBay. oh my god what you're doing even though for VBay, there's actually quite good money that's flying around about him the rumors are talking about we're talking about 2.5 maybe 3 million pounds that are flying around about VBay, which is very very good money for a player like that 31 years old um if that's going to be happening around that and now yeah, t- we wouldn't be signing him if he was 31 no no, we wouldn't be signing him at all especially for that kind of money and then you're talking about Chris Meppham you talk about Chris Meppham who Brentford have been given 8 you know million pounds around about 7, 8, eight, seven and a half, 8 million pounds and they've turned it down so one minute you're saying you haven't got the ambition you know but you're selling them but at the end of the day you've got Chris Meppham and you've been offered 8 mil 
and you turn it down because they believe that he's worth 74% more than that. So what's that make it? About 12 million, 12 and a half billion pounds. Now that is an interesting turnaround to the DJ Campbell days, isn't it? Oh, it's massive, you know, and I, I alluded to that a little bit earlier. You know, it is, it is brilliant when you know that you've got a great player and you know that you've got the financial backing behind you that means that you haven't... You, you, you probably do need to sell him in the bigger picture, but only if it meets your valuation. Before, we would take anything from anyone because it was just money. We couldn't... We, it's almost like we couldn't believe that we had someone that someone else wanted. And now we've got a, a squad full of players that everyone wants, and they, but they have to, it has to meet our valuation. And our valuation is based on having to pay back what we bought them for, um, having to replace them. You know, it, we're talking big money now. We, we, we're talking quality, quality players. Not quite world-class yet, but we're getting there. Yeah, the difference is, at the moment, we're selling to build. In the past, we were selling to survive. Okay, and I mean, we're selling to build, which is interesting, but also the flip side of it is that we keep on selling and we bring in new players and it takes them a little bit of time to get up to speed. What's interesting about Chris Meppham also, talking about that, because it does take us a bit of time for these new players to get up to speed, but to be fair to the Meppham, is that he came into the side and he got up to speed pretty quickly, which has really helped our case because we were a bit scuppered. You know, Harley Dean had left. Um, Egan came in. He got injured. We were like, oh, no, we need another centre-back. We put Mepham in. All of a sudden, it's boom. He was just right in there and he was doing the business. And if, if all of a sudden he had to have another six months to find his feet, we wouldn't have been in this situation. So it just goes to show you the difference it does when, it, when you have these players who actually kind of feet their, find their feet really quickly. And I suppose this is what they expect uh, they're hoping with any new signings that we've got coming in. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well because we're talking about Watkins in this window as well. Watkins, people are talking about Watkins, but we think it's too early for Watkins and Watkins ain't going anywhere this window as well, just like Chris Meppham at the moment now because Chris Meppham ain't going anywhere. Ollie Watkins as well. No, Ollie Watkins. I, th- I think that both both of those players, they need to be with us for a little bit longer or they need to be with anyone for a little bit longer. Uh, they, they've had their first taste of championship football. They've taken to it like a duck to water, pretty much. They're going to get some knocks along the way too. It's not going to go perfectly all the way through. I'll probably say Ollie, Ollie is maybe, is, maybe he's coming off the boil a little bit. Maybe he needs a game's rest. Um, and Meps is also not going to have everything that goes his way, although he does seem to be growing into it more and more. You know, I, I, I see proper leadership potential there. I see a captain's armband. I, I see, I see a lot of future in Meps, and you know, maybe it's the most brilliant thing in the world that he's going nowhere. Brilliant. Well, I think one thing I will also say about Meppham, if you've had a Premier League team come in and bid money for him um, now, which, like I said, is decent money, eight million, seven, eight, ten and a half, eight million pounds. But let's put it in the, the sorted figure, eight million pounds. Okay, so that money's been bidded for him now. And Brentford has said, Tour, mate, we think he's much, worth much more than that, which obviously Brentford must be very, very confident because, you know, with money like that, you know, we've ta- you know, we were offered, you know, six million, whatever it was for Judge beforehand. We were offered sort of four, six million for Hotter. You know, we took it. You know, Andre Gray was nine million, but we've gone, sorry, this guy's played 12 games, but we ain't taking eight million for him. We must be very, very confident about where we are going with this player. And if he's like that now... What's he going to be worth next window? And without 
disrespecting Bournemouth, I mean, I've got a lot of admiration for, a lot of respect for. I would say Mepham could play for a bigger club, probably, than, than Bournemouth. In exactly the same way as I, I think that Ollie Watkins could play. I reckon both of those two, both of those two, those two could play at the very highest level, I think. They, 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 why, why can't they play for Man United? Why can't they play for a Liverpool kind of team? Why has it got to be Bournemouth? OK, but there's an argument to say that you, you step onto Bournemouth. Bournemouth, Eddie Howe, has got a similar um, method and thinking to what we have and the way he does it. So he brings the players and he plays them for a couple of years and then they step on, yeah, as opposed to going to Man United and sitting in their reserves for, for two years and then you know being loaned out to, no, to that's, Oxford. That's, that's true. It's a good point. Which is, which is all good. But listen, talking about players and loaning them out and we talk about players going out but we've got to talk about players coming in because transfer windows are not quite the same unless you've had players coming into your side and we've had well one player one player it's going to be looking like like I said to you this window hasn't shut yet but you know from talking about our sources we'd be going to Africa we'd be going to all over the place China we'd be going to Ireland as well and our Irish sources were giving us information our African sources were giving us the same information Chidozi Ogbeni He's a Nigerian-born striker. He played for Limerick. He played for Cork before that, and he signed for Brentford a couple of days ago. We put it up and besotted. We had pretty early news on that one, but we, as soon as we knew the news was right, we broke it out to you out there, and which is all good. And Chidozi, very, very excited about him. Inside the club, very excited about him because he's raw talent. We've signed him for relatively small money compared to the money we've played for Malpay and played for Ollie Watkins. We're talking about, you know, a few hundred thousand um, euros, you know, whatever that may be. But, you know, we're talking hundreds of thousands of euros. Um, figures not being lo- tied down as yet because that is shrouded in the old undisclosed agreement arrangement. But all we know is that we're not talking about millions. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of euros which is good so it's one of these players which we've taken a little bit of a risk on but we actually think he's a good player he's a player that we think that we could take him in it's relatively low risk but develop him because we think that he can go to the highest highest level and um which is all good now what we did is that we, we tried to do a little bit of research on chidozi to find out what's going on we did a little bit of googling we did a little bit of uh, research but in the end we thought tell you something no Forget about all this lot. Let's just go straight to the source. So we went over to Limerick and we got hold of the Limerick Blue Army. We spoke to Kev from the Limerick Blue Army and he's given us exactly what Chidozi Ogbeni is all about. So as you know, transfer deadline day, the window was shut, closed yesterday, which was Wednesday night, 11 o'clock or something like that. And uh, not much transfer activity for Brentford, but we did have one player come in at least. And this player had come from Ireland, a player called Chidozi Ogbene. He came from a team from Limerick in the Irish League, doing not too bad in the Irish League. And there's a little bit of a buzz about Chidozi in Limerick. Came over to Brentford, there's a couple of trials with us. There's a couple of trials with Chelsea as well. Aston Villa were reportedly looking at him. We're trying hard, hard, hard to get him over the line. And eventually he came in. A couple of days ago, we started put the word out there quite early on that we signed him because we were very, very happy with Chidozi because he's a very good player from what I can understand. But we thought instead of us guessing and trying to do a few internet searches to find out about him, let's go straight to the source. And we thought we'll go and we'll speak to Kev Kiley from Blue Army, which is the Limerick Supporters Group, and he'll tell us all about Chidozi. Kev, how are you doing? I'm well now, thank you. 
Oh, good, man. I'm good. So, listen, apparently we've got a bit of a duel here. I mean, Chibosi, tell us a bit about him. Yeah, um, he's, um, he's, he was our best player by a long way, honestly. And um, he's, he's the brightest young talent in the country at the time he signed him. There's, there's some bigger names has, have gone across to England, the likes of Sean Maguire, Preston and Dan Horgan. But there's none of the young players coming through had anywhere near the buzz that Chidozi had. He's, um, he's a physical specimen. like He's quick as lightning. He's very, very strong. He's a direct player. He can play either wing. He can play up front. He's um, he's a very very hard working young lad, and there was a lot of teams interested in um, in him. Even from two years ago, a year ago, when he was at the under 19 level here, he played in the the UEFA under 19 or under 21s league with Carco. We stole him from, and he played against Rome. And there was a few Italian clubs looking at him. There has been scouts from Sunderland, Southampton, Everton and a few orders over to watch him last year, and he's one full season. So you've gotten yourselves the most exciting prospect to come out of Ireland in a good few years, to be honest. I know, and that's good, you know, and that's great. I mean, a typical Brentford scouting system, we prefer to bring in players that people really haven't heard about or players who are a bit rough at the edges, and then we spend a year or two just getting them up to speed. But, I mean, you mentioned the fact that he plays on all these wings and down the middle. In what position does he normally play for Limerick? Um, he played left wing usually for us, but he had a very good spell also where we put him up front. So he can, I stick, I stick with him on the left wing, to be honest. But he can, he can do up front for for a championship club. I imagine him being a winger. I imagine him being a winger, to be honest. Okay, so I mean it's interesting because we've just saw him. Well, haven't just sold but Let's say Vibe, who's our striker, is actually he's off to China. It looks like there's been talks being had at the moment now. I mean. The deal's not done until it's done, but he wasn't in the side on Saturday. So uh, we have got a few players who play up front for us as well, but any other options are there as well. So it's nice to know that a player actually is varied in the position that he plays. And if he can play up front as well, quite similar to Ollie Watkins, who we've got, who plays out the wing at the moment now, but also he can switch to the middle as well. So if those two players are interchangeable, that actually may work um, very well for us, which is, uh, which is, which is all good, you know? Um, you know. But I'm just saying as well, I'm just wondering... Um, what is, you know, you said he's strong. What are his strengths? Uh, his pace. His pace is unbelievable. He's, um, he's quicker. He was quicker than anyone in the country by a long, long way. I've never... I've been supporting Limerick now for 15, 20 years, and I've never seen anyone play for us or against us that have the kind of speed that Chidozi had. Like, both of his brothers are athletes. They're, um, they're runners as well, and Chidozi was actually... A runner, so his his burst of pace is unbelievable. There's no catching up with him. Like, and we've seen him a few times chasing lads that had a twenty, twenty, thirty foot head start on him, and he's getting to the ball ahead of him. Um, he's very, very direct, very direct. There's no time wasting him. As soon as he gets on the ball, he's straight at the defence, which is which is a great thing for a winger, obviously. And uh, he's a good finisher. He's a good finisher when he gets in in the positions. He finished the ball well. He um. He's obviously, like I said, he's very strong. He's very powerful. He's a bit technically, a bit technically, you'll have to work on him a small bit. The touch sometimes loses it a bit. But no, he's physically, he has everything. He's, his strengths are really his pace and he's just raw power. 
Yeah, okay. And I mean, obviously, they say his weaknesses. He's got his. He's got his touch to work on. Is there anything else you think? Because obviously, he's stepping up for the championship, which is a big, big step up. And he's not necessarily going to go straight into the first team. He's going to have to work his way in, and he's going to have to understand the way that we play. We play a particular type of football. We play possession football. We pass the ball a lot. We keep the ball, and we also need players with individual skill to help break through these teams who come down and put nine men or ten men behind the ball. And that's a little bit of a problem with Brentford sometimes, just trying to break these teams down. So I've got a player who can actually help us to do that. That would work very well. But any weaknesses? Yeah, he's, um, he's got to have to be worked on tactically. He's, um, his football in Brian as well isn't fully developed as, as others would be at his age because he played, um, he played Gaelic football over here as well for a while and he's only actually concentrated on, on football for maybe two years. So he's only, do, he's only playing football full-time for maybe two or three years. So just that aspect of it, which I'm sure you have the coaches to work with him on, he's, um, his football and brain and his tactical awareness need to be worked on as well as a small bit of his, the technical side of his game. Okay, and, and also, I mean, he's pretty young. He's still 20 years old, so obviously he's still got a lot to learn, and he's been playing, as you say, professional game over there for, well, maybe only got two or maybe three years at the most as well, but he, he's, won, he's won some trophies, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, um, he was part of a very successful youth setup uh, at Cork City, who we took him from, and uh, he won the, the FAI Cup over here, which would be our version of the FA Cup that you have. He was, I think, 18 or 19 at the time, and he was the first sub off the bench in the final at the Viva Stadium there. So it shows the trust they had in him. So he's he's been involved in a team that has played in the Europa League and have been challenging for the league over here, as well as winning that cup. And underage, they've won everything there is to win. And they were probably, I think the cop team he was in were the first team from Ireland ever to be in the, the UEFA Youth League. And that was that was a lot thanks to him, like. Yeah, Vicky, that sounds good. So listen, um, obviously Brentford are coming. They signed him from Limerick. I mean, this is quite a big deal for Limerick as well because I mean I know that you don't necessarily want to lose a player, but Limerick have obviously got you know some financial compensation from that rumour to be probably quite a few hundreds of thousands of euros. Again, that's the rumour that's been flying around. Um, none of it confirmed as yet, but you know rumours are flying around. There's quite a few hundreds of thousands of euros now. I mean, from your perspective. Is that good for you and for the club because they can build from that, or would you rather him have stayed and possibly you could have won the league and get sort of a European Championship place? Well, it's 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 a double-edged sword really because a club in our position, we we really need the money. The money will go a, a long, long way for us. But at the same time, to lose a player like Chidozzi could honestly be the difference between us being. Uh, perfectly safe and fighting a relegation battle. That's how important someone like Chidozzi is to us. But uh, the way it is in our league, the, the money comes first because that can be the difference between the club surviving us. And and obviously, we're we're all delighted for Chidozzi that he gets a move to a club like Brentford, where young players and, like you said, unknown players get a chance, and it's a much higher level than here. So we're we're, we're very happy for him that he's got himself a good club. We're we're obviously very sad to be losing him and. On the field, it has weakened us massively without him, but we, we, we need the money, being very honest. Yeah, Gene, I mean, I'm just wondering, because you've talked about Brentford, do, do, do the Limerick fans, do the Ireland fans know much about Brentford? Because we've got a couple of Ireland players um, playing for us. We've got John Egan, who's on the fringes of the Ireland team, and also Alan Judge again, who was on the fringes before he broke his leg, and he's literally just come back now. Um, any, any knowledge? 
yeah, there'll be there'll be a good knowledge of of all English football over in Ireland. But we we know Brentford fairly well. Like there's um, we have a lot of Leeds fans, we have some Birmingham fans and Ipswich fans that that would support both in and Limerick in our group that, that would know Brentford very well. Like um, John Egan is actually from Cork, the same as Chidozi and. We know Alan Judge. We know Alan Judge well because there was high hopes for him coming into the Irish team as well at one stage. So we we know Brentford fairly well, yeah. Like um, we know that they're a good club. We know that they're a club going places, and we know that it's a great place for Chidozi to get his start in England. Yeah. Okay. So listen, as you've probably seen, we ran a Limerick competition on the Besotted Twitter. <laughs> you can catch it Besotted Twitter as well, and also Besotted dot com. You can see it through there. And there were some pretty poor Limericks flying around the internet. <laughs> Right. I'm saying now you, being from Limerick, you should know a decent Limerick. So uh, any of those actually took your fancy when you looked? Does it actually raise the bar on the Limerick barometer? <laughs> um, I, d- I did see one about. Um, I-, I did see one about him filling. Oh, I can't. I can't remember the exact wording of it now, but it was him filling boat wings. It was from some lad named Paul filling boat wings and. With a dash and a turn, and he scored bags of goals now. But yeah, you're right, there was some. Oh, oh, sorry, the Paulie Tandori one. There is a young man called Chidozi. Up both of the wings, he will mosey. He'll streak by in a flash with a turn and a dash, and a shed load of goals he will score. Score. Yeah, I, 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 I quite enjoyed that one. But um, we're we're well used to now. I've seen some. Listen, there there were some poor ones on that Twitter, but I've seen worse because any time any other fans here. The, the name Limerick, we get a Limerick competition. Competition going. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not, we're not the first. We're not the first as well. I must admit that scores it was a little bit of a cheat, but we'll, we'll let him get away with it because seeing as you've got the, the Limerick barometer going on over there, we've got to give it to you. <laughs> what are we to say? But listen, tell you something though. I'm just wondering because obviously what we normally do, we've done some crazy things. One of our, one of our top players have gone to another club. We've ended up going and visiting that club with Richard Cadet. I mean, quite a few years ago, I went to Falkirk. We decided to go up there and go and see Richard Cadet playing up in Falkirk in Scotland, as you do. And we kept going up there, loads and loads, coach loads of us. Are any of you Limerick fans planning to come down to Brentford, do you think? Yeah, yeah, we've done it already because we had a lad named um, Rory Gaffney that went to Bristol Rovers. And a few of the lads have gone over to Bristol Rovers to see him, so... As soon as Chidozi gets anywhere near the first team, I know myself and a few of the lads will be over for definite. Okay, excellent. Well, we look forward to that. You know you can contact us. You can come down. There's a million different pubs that you can drink in, in and around Brentford, and you'd be more than welcome. All the fans that always come down there love coming down to Brentford because it's a right good drink up and it's a very friendly ground. And you can still stand behind the goals as well. Yeah, I've, I've always liked that about Brentford. I've, I've actually always wanted to go for, to Brentford just because of the terrorism behind the goals, to be honest. Excellent. Well, hopefully Chidozi will get in the side role. If he keeps back, if he starts banging in the goals for the, well, I don't know, in training, and maybe he might play a few games for the B team, then maybe he might do that. In fact, tell you something, he, the, the, our B team, which is the Brentford sort of um, players who are, are, are sort of part of the A team, but they're graduating into the A team. They're actually playing in Ireland next week. They're playing Dundalk on Wednesday, and then they're going to be playing um, Shamrock Rovers on Saturday. And actually, a couple of us from Besotted are flying over on Wednesday to see our B team play Dundalk for a bit of a laugh. What's it like in Dundalk? Uh, you're, you're, you're better off in Dublin, is all I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they, they, listen, Dundalk have, Dundalk have good friends and they have a pub in the ground as well, so I'm sure you'll have a laugh. And listen, there might even be a few Limerick fans up there to see. Does Shadozi get a run? 
Well, let's, that might be interesting. Well, we'll keep you in the loop. Shadozi's going to be going over there then. You know, we'll, we'll let you know when we come down and we'll meet you guys and have a, a couple of beers with you. If Shadozi's there, we'll come up and meet you. All right, man. Wicked. Listen, listen, Kev, it's great chatting to you, you and the Blue Army. And fingers crossed Shadozi will do the business for us and we'll be talking to you more. Cheers, man. Thanks. Uh, best of luck to Brentford now for the season. Nice one. Good luck to Limerick, man. Cheers, man. Thank you. So Kev from the Blue Army, very excited about Chidozi Ogbini coming to Brentford. And like he said to you, there might be a posse of Limerick fans coming down to Griffin Park over the next season, waiting for him to get into the team. And that's interesting because, as we talked about, I talked about with Kev there, they're thinking of coming over. And also we talked about the fact that we're going over to Dundalk next week. We're seeing the B team. Wednesday they're going to be playing Dundalk and we're going to be doing our podcast from Dundalk next week so any Brentford fans are in Ireland next week fancy coming out to Dundalk or Dublin or wherever we're going to be you come out and just, just get in touch with us and we'll meet up with you and uh, like I said to you podcast next week is meant to be out at 7 o'clock on Thursday we can't 100% guarantee that uh, next week's podcast is going to come out at 7 o'clock next Thursday because well to be fair we're not going to have the normal studio action that we, we normally have studio <laughs> sits here and I'm picking bits of wax off a candle (laughs) so uh, yeah the studio may be booked out next week or we might have a portable studio we don't quite know what the facilities are going to be so we'll we'll get the podcast up as soon as we can do next week it's in Europe though isn't it I've got God knows what they've got over there. Well, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be European. It's going to be all sorts of Euros flying around. So that's going to be quite good. So podcast coming next week from the Republic of Ireland. And like we said to you, um, we may be chatting a little bit more to the Limerick fans because if they decide to put Shidozi Ogbini in the B team to get a little bit of game time because he hasn't played for a, a few months, so maybe putting him straight into a, 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 a tournament like that or a, a set of matches like that might be a little bit too much for him, and they want to ease him in a little bit. We don't know, but we'll see. It's always exciting when you sign a new player, though. Let's, let's never, ever get away from the fact that when, when you get someone, it's like the future, who knows what's going to happen. You always expect them. Every, everyone's potential is just huge, and you think that, that this, this could be the one, this could be the one. Is this, is this the one, Bill? Is he the one? Uh, Is he the one? I mean, I've got, I've got no idea, actually, if he's, if, he, if he's the one. But actually, the thing about it is that the fact that they were so excited about him, you know what I'm saying? They were so, so excited about him. Um, it makes me, makes me very, very, very excited, like, you know? And, uh, and why not? You know, it's good to be excited. You know, it's, you know, when you sell a player, if he's one of your better ones, you hope you get loads of money for him. If, you, if he's not... You think like send them, send them on to passes new. Good luck. You didn't. It didn't quite work out. But you know how many players have we had in through the indoor? Like thousands in my lifetime, and every single one of them, you hope that it's going to be the one that makes a difference. Very few of them do. You probably you count them on the hands of well, fingers of two hands maybe the ones that have been really stand out. Is this, is this the one, Bill? Is this the one? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. We've got to ask a question. And just coming back to, because we're talking about the B team playing. The B team are playing out in Ireland next week, which we're going to. They're also playing um, Shamrock Rovers, which we won't be at, but we've got a couple of the besotted crew who look like they might be going to that Shamrock game as well. So we've got all sorts of characters out there for that. But the B team, we're coming back to Chris Meppen because as people may or may not know, some people may be missing, I'm talking about this, uh, people are listening to this, I think, who is this Chris Meppen, who is a, a young player who only started in the Brentford team team 
back in December pretty much. He got on a run. He came in because Egan got injured and he got a run through and he's been absolutely brilliant. He's been a godsend. Like you said to you, Eddie Howe's come in like a month later and he's offered him £8 million or something like that for this player, which shows how much value he's got. But it's interesting because a lot of people are talking about the fact that he came through the Brentford Academy and uh, you know the academy is shut and this goes to show you what happens at the academy. But for what I can gather, actually, Mepham actually didn't come out of the academy. He actually well he joined the academy at the age of 15 after the Chelsea Academy, and he was also rejected by QPR. So he kind of came into our scenario after this scenario, and he just joined us from Chelsea, and then he was rejected by QPR. And uh, this also just goes to show as well how it's working with Brentford. Um, the pathway, because we talk about the pathways through, and they've talked about clearing this pathway through to the A team, you know, pathway to the to, to the first team for players yeah. as well. And um, after you know whatever happened, listen, the, the academy we thought was really great, but obviously it wouldn't work out for them. But what we thought was really interesting is saying all these players who come into the B team. We're going to show them how to get the A-team. They train with the A-team. They, they put all these hours into the A-team. And um, Mepham has been a real prime example of how this system now seems to work for us. Because you can see the fact that if he's in the B-team, he's always got a chance of being the A-team because he's kind of they're always popping their head about it, isn't it? Well, it was, it was Valentine's Day 2017 where you and I spent a day with um, Rob Rowan and we went to see the B-team play at, at Queenspot Rangers' um, like training facilities. And I think Mepham played that day, and uh, you know it was. It, I think Brentford lost that day, but he he looked he looked good. And this is way before you know we, we did a Besotti exclusive, and we, we we explained about. Which they can still get. Yeah, no, no. Listen to it. No, I mean none, none of the facts have changed. It's like it explains how how the the B team works when compared with the the academy that preceded it, um, and. It, what what it seems to be doing now is, as you say, this pathway. Pathway is a good word. Non-negotiables is another word that comes out of that whole documentary, which I will call it a documentary because it was. Um, non-negotiables is how many B-team players are introduced into the A-team environment, whether it be part of the match they experience, going travelling with the team, sitting on the bench, or whether it's how many players actually make their debuts or are introduced into the first team. It's set in stone now that Brentford have a certain amount of players that have to transition between B team and A team now every season. And that is how you measure the success of the system now. And it would appear that we are... Well, I don't. I haven't got the stats in front of me, but Mepham is is clearly, you know, part of that brilliant um, evolution of like talent. You know, if if you know, you know, and I say, I know, I have to, you know, you say Mepham came through Chelsea, came through QPR, and ended up at Brentford. My son did the same, but didn't make it. Obviously, Mepham is. Of a of a magnitude and of potential that's been that ticks all the boxes, and it's so difficult to get through that. And for him to achieve what he's done, you know, he needs to be proud. And I'll be honest with you, his family needs to be proud because I, I I just know what his family have done to get him to that stage now of watching him play every week and taking him to training every week, and now this talk of eight million pound transfers to. Bournemouth or whoever it may be in the future, absolutely. Not, well, not eight million. That's or, the thing. Or, or like, not, we're talking about. Not. We're talking about seventy-four percent no, no, more but, than eight million. You know, but no, but I know. But my point is, the family 
you know, they've been on a journey and, you know, it's been, will he, won't he make it? Will he, won't he be kept on? Will he, will he be kept? You know, he's been knocked back and knocked back and he's, and he's reached an environment now where he can flourish. And uh, that is to the credit of Brentford now, is where we can take players that are brilliant, but they're never going to make it at places like Chelsea. Come to Brentford. Don't bother with Chelsea now. Come flourish and then like you'll you still reach your potential. You will. We'll, we'll sell you for what you're worth and you'll still reach the top flight. Which is all good. So listen, you know, we've talked about it. Like I say, B Team. If you want to check the B Team documentary, just go to Besotted. Just Google Besotted B Team documentary, QPR, and it'll come up. And it's on Audio Boom. You can just check it on our on, on our Audio Boom Besotted channel, and it's right there. But listen, transfer deadline day, very quiet for Brentford. We've talked about these players that are possibly going out, or one player possibly going out. No players, players that are definitely not going out, and one player that's come in. Very exciting times for Brentford. But we still need to talk about Saturday because we've got Derby County. We're going up there, and hopefully we're going to get three points. Saturday, bees are up to Derby. We need points in the bag. Norwich has knocked us a little bit, but to be fair, we can get ourselves back on track, especially if we get a result against high-flying Derby. You're doing a lot better than the last time we played them. We're going to go up to Derby to speak to a man who knows everything about them. He does a podcast, a very strangely named podcast. He might even tell us what it's all about. He probably won't, actually. Steve Bloomer's Washing is what it's called, and it's Chris from Steve Bloomer's Washing, and he's going to talk to us about Derby County. Saturday, a little trip up the M1. Loads of bees going to be going to Pride Park, to a ground which doesn't hold that much luck for us, to be quite honest with you, but never mind, because we've got to win there sometime. We're going to play Derby County, who have turned around their form a little bit since the last time we played them, and they're actually flying at the moment now, but we're going to see if we can stop them in their tracks. Before, we'll chat to a man who knows all about Derby. It's just Chris from Steve Luther's Washing Podcast. Chris, how are you doing? How are you, Billy? You right? I'm not bad, mate, and a little bit of trepidation for myself going up to Derby because uh, so looking at the record, I realised, hold on a second, when was the last time we won there? And I saw, I thought, oh my God, the last time we won in the league was 1992, which is not that great. So, uh, you know, not holding up too much hope, but you never know, things might turn in their head. But I would say that things have turned around a lot since the last time we met. Um, you were struggling a little the last time we met, but it's turned around. How did that happen? Yeah, well, I think, yeah, you say we were struggling. I think we just haven't really got going at that point in the season. Uh, and it was quite early on, wasn't it? So sort of mid-late September, I think, when we played at your place. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously a one-all draw then when uh, Derby hardly saw any of the ball. I think had about sort of twenty-four percent possession in that game. Um, yeah, we haven't really got going, but since then, um, you know, Rowett's really instilled some sort of defensive solidity into the team. Uh, we just kept ten clean sheets in our last thirteen, which has helped send Derby up to second in the table. Um, and we've got a decent chance now, but. Yeah, we have tended to struggle. Um, well, we, we've struggled away at Brentford in recent years, but got a relatively decent home record. So we're optimistic of three points at the weekend, but it's by no means a guarantee because uh, the pressure is starting to uh, crank up a notch in the, yeah, in the new you year. Said 
Yeah, you're talking about a run. I mean, you've had a decent run. You've only lost to Ipswich in the league in the last couple of months. I think you've gone 10 matches unbeaten and actually 11 away games. I mean, I know you're not away this time, but 11 away matches unbeaten, which just goes back to actually before you played that Pinterest game back in September, which is pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I think the last time we lost away was um, Bristol City way back in uh, in mid-September. Um, yeah, it's, it's been fantastic, really. I mean, the style that we have, where we tend to sort of hit teams on the break, defend well, and hit teams on the break with pace with uh, with Mate Vidra, who's the championship top goal scorer, and the likes of uh, Andy Vyman and, and Tom Lawrence on the other side behind David Nugent sort of suits a counter-attacking away style quite well. Um, so that's been a a big part of it, and have some, had some great results away from home. It's obviously beaten, scored three goals away against um, against the likes of Middlesbrough and Birmingham uh, in recent weeks. So yeah, pretty decent home and away, and I think that's been a that's got to be a big part of it because you know you can't really get promoted on on your home record alone, can you? <laughs> so um, yeah, we're we're starting to see good things and move in the right direction. But as I said, likely to be a a pressure game on Saturday because we uh, were sort of only a point ahead of Aston Villa in third now after the midweek games where they won in the last minute and we drew away at Millwall. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it, it, you know behind Wolves who are obviously 10, 10, 10 plus points clear. There's a clutch of teams of us and then Villa, Cardiff and Bristol City are very much involved as well. Um, and I wouldn't like to call it in terms of in terms of where those teams will be at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, you talked about your style, you talked about that game. I mean, that Brentford match, we're pretty gutted we didn't actually get three points in that match because we said the ball was camped pretty much in your half. In the second half of the period of that game, I think at one time, there was about 85% possession. I know it's not all about possession, but you can get an indicator of what it's like, 85% possession to Brentford, but we couldn't quite break through. So he's obviously got a style which works for you, and he seems to have steadied the ship for you. Meanwhile, yeah, well, I mean, it's... Um... Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting because um, just going back to what you said about possession there, because I was at that game and also where Derby had twenty four percent possession compared to Brentford's seventy six overall, but we did did also only restrict Brentford to uh, two shots on target and Derby only had two themselves. So I mean well I think we are quite Rower is quite happy to set the team up to let the opposition have the ball, to let us defend. Uh, and by by nature of attacking quickly on the break, you know you don't we don't spend a lot of time sort of passing from side to side, and uh, you know like spend a lot of time trying to build build attacks. We tend to attack at pace and quickly. Um, so, like you say, that was a I think we scored first in that game, and I think we despite having none of the ball, I was, I was pretty gutted when we did when we did concede. It's quite late, honestly, to remember. Um, but yeah, Rowett's a very astute manager. Definitely, he's got his style. You know he's managed to drill it into our players now, and you're right, he has uh, left his former club deep in trouble, and uh, you can certainly tell the difference between Derby and Birmingham when we uh, beat them three 0 at St Andrews about sort of three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Also, I mean, you've, you've you've got a little. You actually won in a mini cup run. Well, one match actually, which uh, ended at Old Trafford. So you must be gutted going so close and then lose out. What in the in the cup game? Yes. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I mean, when we saw the draw, you know, we, we obviously we know that we're a decent championship side, but but you know we're, we're still way off um, 
you know, the top Premier League sides and they put a strong team out. Uh, Gary Rowe at West rested a couple of key players. Rested Curtis Davis, who's been a, been a rock at the back and rested Vidra, brought him on in 20 minutes to go. So yeah, we, we held out for, uh, until I think sort of about five, ten minutes to go. And then it took a, a Jesse Lingard wonder goal to, uh, you know, to, to edge them in front. And then we sort of for everyone forwards try and nick a replay and they, uh, and they got the second goal on the break in injury time, I seem to remember. So, it's disappointing, but on the other hand, you know, we, we gave a good account of ourselves, um, gave some squad players a run out, because you do, you do need your squad to, to um, you know, to, to achieve promotion in this division. It's, it's important to keep all the players interested, you know, even the ones that don't feature every week. So we did that, and I think overall, that Man United game, we, we came out of it in, in pretty good circumstances, really. We, we got what we wanted, and we can sort of concentrate on the league, as they say, and uh, we haven't got the distraction of, um, you know, like cup semi-finals like Bristol City or, or you know, like a cup run later on in the season. Yeah, so okay, we're talking about today. It's one of the worst days of the year as far as we're concerned, especially clubs like us who always get pilfered, you get the vultures circling. There's all sorts of stories flying around at the moment about Eddie Howe being after one of our young players who's played less than a dozen games. At the moment, it's not true. Some um, Scottish said they put in a big screen, but it's actually not true. We've got Lasse Vibe, who is... Um, apparently talking to some Chinese um, at the moment now as well. So he was in play last Saturday and probably be off as well. So it's not a great time for us. I've heard from your point of view that you've had um, Johnny Russell who's left the past you and also Chris Martin is due at Reading for a medical today. Um, and That's right, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure when you guys are, uh, you know, are going to put this episode out, but I think as it stands at the time of our phone chat, um, yeah, Russell has, has played his last game because he's... Rowett's actually said that he um, he wants to pursue a career in the MLS and uh, with um, uh, soccer um, with in uh, Kansas, I believe uh, their team over there. Uh, Chris Martin, yeah, was linked with Sunderland on loan, but I don't think he wanted to go there. From what I could read between the lines, and he's been uh, now, as you say, attached to uh, to Reading on loan, which is okay for us. I mean, you know, not a not a toxic rival at the moment. Hopefully, he might be able to take some points off our toxic rivals instead. And um, yes, yeah, some other squad players have, uh, you know, been sort of moved on to get more football. Uh, Jason Shackle, our centre back, has gone to Millwall on loan. Uh, Darren Bent's been sent off to Burton Albion. Hopefully, he might get might get a few goals against teams around us as well. Um, and in terms of ins for us, we were looking at uh, James McLean, the uh, the West Brom winger. Um, it looks, it, yeah, it looks like I've been priced out of it because the, the, the sort of talk is that they want 15 million, which we're never going to pay. So, um, one of those unfortunate things where they they sort of got the leverage in that one and they can sort of name their price and we're not going to pay it. So, Rowett has said in the past that we're not going to be, you know, like held hostage to uh, ridiculous transfer fees, which is fine by me because that's the mistake we made in the past. You know, we have in the past three or four years we've spent you know huge amounts on on sort of mediocre players who haven't got as well we wanted to be. So, you know, if it means we're a bit more prudent, a bit more sensible, and I think most fans know that that's what we need long-term. Okay, so Saturday, a big game. And as we said, Brentford actually haven't had too much joy at Pride Park as of late. The last time we won there was actually in 2003 in the League Cup. But the last time in the league was 1992, the last time we were in this same division, when we came up from Division, Old Division 2, whatever it was, went up to Division 1, which is now called the Championship. We were there just for one season. And yes, we played you and we beat you at Pride Park, probably one of the very few games that we actually won that season. But listen, 
can we expect a different sort of match than we saw at Griffin Park earlier this season? Yeah, I would have thought so. I mean, obviously Derby being at home and being second, the onus is on them to, to go out and win the game. Whereas back in September, they were still trying to adapt to Rowett's style and, um, yeah, and you know, we're playing, playing against a team who do like to control the football. Um, so, yeah, the circumstances have changed. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to remember some of our meetings in the past. I remember when we played you when, when Brentford uh, got in the playoffs sort of, uh, was it three years ago or something, was it? When I think it was a one-all draw. And uh, yeah. I think Alex Pritchard scored for Brentford and Darren Ben got a late equaliser. Very late and gutting that was. Absolutely yeah. gutting we were. But I think, you know, you, you sort of played, you know, you, you were the better side that day. And I remember thinking that you had a good chance in the playoffs. So, yeah, it's funny how these things come around. I think more recently, we have edged you out at home. Um, and a lot, you know, our fans will go there expecting us to, you know, we need to be putting, with respect to Brentford, we need to be sort of putting away uh, what are currently mid-table teams if we're going to stay second. That, you know, that's the, that's not disrespectful to Brentford at all. That's just the bottom line, really. We've got to, um, you know, the wins have dried up slightly. We were absolutely storming along before Christmas, but it's uh, three wins out of six now. Um back-to-back goalless draws in the last two games. So, um, yeah, we'll try not to panic. But, as I say, with Villa well and truly breathing down our necks, um, you know, we need a result to, um, to to maintain our advantage in the automatic promotion places. Okay, here yeah, that's well on from us. I mean, it's got a predicament, obviously, because we were firing on all cylinders. We had this last day based scenario with the Chinese chatting to him. So he was withdrawn from the side on Saturday and he probably won't be there this Saturday. So we're trying to find the person who will be the next Lasse Zibe for Brentford, um, who's going to be the man in the middle who's going to cause problems. We've had Malpay, and he kind of blows a little bit hot and cold. Very, very good prospect he is. But maybe he might fire off on Saturday. We might take him a few more months. We don't know. We've got Ollie Watkins, who may, who may come off the wing, may come into the centre. We've got um, Shibu, who's just gone off to, to Warsaw, so he won't be there. Um, we've got Panos, who technically can play in the middle as well. We've got a few little options, but we're not quite sure where it stands with us. So we're a little bit nervous. Hopefully, we won't lose our momentum. But who should we be worried about from the Derby camp? Um, well, it obviously goes without saying that, you know, Vidra is, on his day, is the danger man. Uh, 15 goals in the league, and he's the uh, championship's top scorer at the moment. And he's been involved in, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he's been involved in more goals than any other player in that league this season. Uh, elsewhere, uh, Derby did bring in Cameron Jerome from Norwich uh, earlier in the window, and he came on against Millwall earlier this week and looked um, looks, looked pretty up for it. Looked like he's got a point to, a point to prove. You know, hasn't played that much football for Norwich, scored that many goals. Um, so he'll he'll fancy it. He'll be looking to sort of kickstart his career again, I think. Um, and Tom Lawrence as well, who was the big the big money buy. For Derby in the summer from Ipswich for around sort of four or five million, rising to seven um, from Leicester. Sorry, he was on loan at Ipswich. Um, sort of flattered to deceive in recent weeks a little bit. Uh, he's got a couple of goals, but we haven't really seen the best best of his form yet. So uh, those three, are, you know, will hope where the uh, where the, the chances and the goals will come from. But I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it should be a should be it should be a good game to watch. Uh, two teams who like to sort of get it down and, and play the game the right way. Um, I was, at the, I was at the Den for the, the Millwall game earlier this week, and it was a pretty sort of brutal, uh, physical, intense affair, as you can imagine. Um, but yeah, I think Derby v Brentford should be a, a much different game to watch, and I'll, I'll, say a, uh, I'll say a single goal victory for Derby. Okay, single goal victory. Let me just tie it down to an actual score. score. 
Uh, oh, now you're asking. Um, I'll say um, we are very solid at the back. As I said, all those clean sheets. So I'll say I'll say a nervy one nil win. Oh, he's going for the one nil win. Let's see whether or not <laughs> you are right or wrong. Listen, Chris, it was great talking to you, mate. And uh, like I said to you, we'll be up at Clyde Park at our usual time. We'll be stuffing out a few hours in a few of the places around the joint. I might even catch up with you for a beer before the game. Look forward to it. Speak soon. Nice one. Cheers, buddy. Goodbye. Chris has given us the SB and he looks, or he sounds, he looks as well, very confident. And so he should be after the results that they've had. But you never know with the bees, and it's all changed for Brentford, so it's not as if they can even overly scout us because we've got players coming in, players going out. We're doing different sorts of things. And hopefully, like I said to you, Norwich will be a little bit of a blip. We're going up to Derby on Saturday. We know it's all about them. They're not going to put 11 men or 15 men or 154 men behind the ball like they did last time. Hopefully they'll come out and play against us, which should suit us, shouldn't it, Laney? Yeah, they'll put 74% men behind the ball. Um, Derby, Pride Park, iPro, whatever it's called, iPod, whatever it is. Um, I've seen us draw there, I've seen us lose there. I, I don't think I've seen us win there. We Last time in the league was 1992. Yeah, but that's the baseball grounds. That's the baseball ground. And 19, no, 2003, I don't know if it was the iPro or wherever it was, but 2003 in the League Cup. Yeah, no, but not at this place. Yes. Yeah, so I've been there a fair few times now. And you know the, the thing, the, the standout, the standout for me was the Alex Pritchard goal, and and that Darren Ben equaliser in in injury time, which made us cry. It didn't, no, it did because we thought we were on a proper roll then to the Prem. So um, you know, yeah, that that Pritchard goal was worthy of um, of, of a victory. I think I think it's an outstanding appointment for us. I think I think we're going to go there and we're going to win. We deserve a win. Good score prediction: one nil bees. Easy life. Gaz? Yeah, as I said, I've been up there a good couple of times. I was actually one of the poor souls that went up there and saw us, well, saw Weekend side lose 5 0 in the League Cup. We were, there. we were all there. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't very good, was it? But as I say, things have changed. You know, we're not that team. I think we can go then. I definitely think that we can get a victory. As you said, I, they're not going to be parking the bus like certain other teams. I think they're going to come at us, and I think that's something we can exploit. Indeed, I'm going to ask you a score, but did you know that that 5-0 game, it was at Uwe Rosner match, did you know that was Josh Clark's debut? Yeah, I did, actually. It was him and I think Luke Hacker. Yeah, but Luke Hacker's gone now. Luke, uh, what's his name? Luke, Luke Norris. Now. Luke Norris now, yeah. So he, I mean, he's gone and he's playing for Swindon or somebody else now at the moment now. So they made their debuts, but Josh Clark has stuck right in there, hasn't he? I think that's the thousandth time that's been mentioned on the podcast. Well, it's, it has, to a sort of extent. I'm not quite sure, because we haven't played a derby a thousand times since then, But which is all good. But anyway, so, listen. So, so the next person that mentions that Josh Clark made his debut against derby is going to get a Chinese burn. Is and it's obviously not going to be Liberal Nick because he now is on the on the, 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 the Birmingham podcast. The Chinese, the Chinese burn has been sponsored by Lasse Vibe. Yeah, that's right. But listen, you haven't given us a score prediction. Yeah, I think we're going to actually win 2-1. Ooh, 2-1 so of course we are going to let in the traditional goal oh, as we always do and I've gone and I talked to this Steve Bloomer's posse earlier and I said it's going to be 1-0 Steve Bloomer's pussy Steve Bloomer's posse earlier on and I said it's going to be 1-0 to the Brentford FC and um, we're going to be coming back in this one but listen this is Besotted Pride of West London podcast like I said to you go to besotted.com check out on the social and tickets are available there super early birds have gone 
but the early birds are there. It's going to be a really wicked end of season one. We're just putting the thing together at the moment now, so we can't even give you a programme for it, but anyone who's been to any of our last do's know that they're always proper jokes, so get involved. Other than that, all I can say is give us a like on Audio Boom, give us a like on iTunes, give us a thumbs up, write a review for us, and subscribe to us on iTunes and all the other podcast channels. We'd be very appreciative of that. And we're moving forward because we're going to Derby on Saturday. We need three points. We've got the characters. The pub's a little bit quiet because everybody's left. I think we're the last people in here because transfer deadline day is over. The gong has come down. Jim White has taken his tie off. We haven't sold any more players as far as we know. Kirsty Kirsty's on the way. That's right, as we say that. But as we can still say this, the pub's very quiet. And we will say, because we're going to Derby on Saturday, come on, you you Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.